Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to Quantum Leap, the podcast that explores how we achieve new heights in leadership, business, and our life. I'm here, as always, with the Quantum Leap Catalyst, Terry Ostroviak. Terry, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you, David. <laughs> I love the way you say this. <laughs> well, I put on my announcer persona. Now I can be just a human being again, uh, visiting with you as always. We have a, a journey planned for today. We're going to talk about profiles, aren't we? Yes. Yes, exactly. Okay. So... What is a profile and how does it fold into the work you do as the catalyst? Well, I'm also thinking of it in terms of uh, quantum leap thinking as to why this is important. So let's work on that in that context as to what value does it have for quantum leap thinking. So let me tell you how this all started many years ago in Johannesburg in South Africa. A woman called me from one of the universities. Her name was Ruline Van Solms, S-O-L-M-S. And she said to me, Terry, I've got an idea that could be very helpful for you. I said, well, I, that sounds like a winning formula for me. Um, certainly, I'll give you an interview. And uh, I sat down with her. She came to see me from Pretoria, where she was living. And uh, she said to me, Terry, I do a thing called action profiles. I said, okay, I don't know what that means, but tell me what you think. And she sat down with me and she asked a lot of questions. In fact, she even wanted a video what I was doing for a while. But eventually, we just dispensed with that. I think that the idea of profiling for her came from the way people move. That's how it started for her. Mm. And I was quite intrigued by the whole thing. But this, is, this was the end result. I'll start with the end result because this is where it went to. She said, Terry, you've got a team of four or five people working with you. Each one of them has certain talents, certain idiosyncrasies, certain weaknesses, and certain strengths that if you were aware of those things could make a big difference to the way that your team functioned. She said, let me start with you. And she said, Terry, you're a very broad, global thinker. I said, yes, that sounds right to me. That's probably the way that I operate. And she said, what you do also, and this is something interesting, she said to me, you're also a very private thinker. So what happens is you'll have an issue or an idea, maybe you've got some sort of genius idea that you've been working on, and you'll think about it for days, maybe even for weeks, and you'll do it alone. You might be with people, but you're doing it alone. And eventually you'll come up with a solution to a problem. And then you'll go sharing the solution to your team. So when you tell them about it, you're actually telling them about the issue and the solution, which is in a sense like the goal that you're wanting to achieve. I said, yes, that kind of makes sense to me. And she said, but the one thing that's missing are the various steps between the initiation of the idea and all the various steps in between towards getting towards reaching that particular goal. And I said, yes, I suppose that's true. She said, if you involved your team more in the beginning, 
then you'd be even more effective. So I thought about it for a moment. I thought to myself, why would I want to involve my team? So he said, well, let's do this. One of your people that I've done an action profile on is a woman by the name of Mabs, M-A-B-S, probably short for Mabel, I think. It was a very, very active, good person, and I loved working with her. And she said, Mabs doesn't have your, uh, your long-term vision and your goal-oriented way of operating, but she's a wonderful alternative thinker. I said, well, that sounds fascinating. So what does that mean? She said, if you get to Mabs right at the beginning when you've got the issue, the thing that's sort of troubling you or the thing that you think is boiling on the top of your head and it's something that you feel is very worthwhile, it could be a creative idea. If you go to her right at the very beginning, the initiation of this idea, uh, she'll be able to talk it through with you and she'll come up with a whole lot of different alternative ways to achieve the goal. And you might find that that aids your thinking. So I started to do that with Mabs. And it, it actually was an amazing experience. I didn't realize how I was actually causing my team to work on my plan and only on the final solution of the plan, not involving them right from the beginning in the whole process of the plan. So they were never as motivated or as excited as I would be because they didn't feel that this was their plan. It was Terry's plan that they were working on. Well, that was a huge breakthrough, a huge aha in my thinking. And it started to make me realize how I could utilize the value of one plus one is equal to three by involving my team right at the beginning of the process rather than just at the end. And then she went on and she said to me, not only that, not should you only use Mavs, but you should also talk to Jim. Now, Jim was selling for me at the time. He was like an executive salesperson. She said, well, Jim is a marvelous action guy. He's a guy that you could, who would help you to implement the plan very quickly. So once you had thought it through with, with Mabs and you got the very, various alternative strategies that you were going to use, and then she said, then the next step would be go to Jim. And Jim is also not a big picture kind of person, but he's a person who gets down to it and gets things done now. I said, well, that's interesting, so that, that I should work with him. She said, but the problem with Jim, and you've got to be thinking about this, he's the kind of guy that will run into a building to put out a fire and find out he's in the wrong building. Otherwise, he would be doing this on his own already. But he doesn't have your th the initial thinking or the broad perspective that you've got. So he would make a wonderful person in a team environment to get things done. I never thought about it like that. But then I started to see Jim in a completely different way. He was the sort of go-to, get-it-going kind of guy. And then she said, then you've got, you've got Alice who works with you. Alice was my office manager at the time. She said, now, Alice is a very careful person. She loves you. I'd, I'd known her from when I was about 16, 17 years old. And I was very fr friendly with their family. And she was my office manager. And she said, you might find her fairly negative. So I said, what do you mean? She says, well, she's a kind of yes, but person. She's always looking at what is the downside of the idea? And instead of getting upset about talking with her about it because you feel that she might be negative, think about her as protecting you 
from any danger that you might get yourself into because you haven't thought through all those different alternative issues that might pop up as a result of going ahead with a plan. So if you're in a team with people and you're discussing all these things with all these different types of personalities, then you'll find out that your decision-making process will be a lot more effective. Well, I want to tell you something that absolutely shook me to suddenly realize how little I knew about the team that I was working with and how I could get them into action and help them to spend their time in the process doing the things that they were good at rather than just working on Terry's plan, (laughs) which is not exciting for anybody. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it might have been exciting for some of them, and that's a whole other profile. Uh, But uh, this is is quite quite amazing. So part of it's the engagement piece, the the fact that you invited them into a process that now they were actively uh, working and they could take ownership in, as you mentioned, whether your plan was would have been boring or not, I, that's arguable. But, but <laughs> the other part is is that you're getting the benefit of what I'll call sort of this composite ideal: the team representing the careful, uh, the getter done. Uh, Mabs, I can't recall what Mabs' strength was, but Mabs is the alternative thing. She's the alternative, so she's outside the box. So there, you you're describing sort of this this threefold balancing, and you're the facilitator or the orchestrator in that visual as I, as I sort of paint yes. that picture. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's what presidents should do when they have a cabinet, right? They, they, they rely and listen and interact and everyone has ownership. Although that's probably for another show. But that was the idea. Every head of a business or every head of a department, if he or she really understood this process mm-hmm. would utilize the highest values or the highest strengths of each unit or each of the members of their team and be able to allow them the freedom to do the very best they were capable of doing instead of just simply working on somebody else's plan. When I say boring, I meant boring to the extent that they were not involved right from the beginning of the creative thinking process. They were only invited in at the implementation stage of a plan that had already been set in concrete. That is the, really the idea behind the exercise. So the different times they would come into the process. Now, a lot of people in management today would say, yes, but bosses have got to be you know, creating the path forward and they should be thinking it through. And then only later on should they bring in the team. And this, and Rulene was actually saying to me, get them involved at an earlier stage in the process and you'll find that the juices will flow with them and they'll be excited about the whole mm-hmm. process and they'll feel so much more a part of the whole business. And it was then that I started to recognize the value of profiles. And then later on, somebody came along and uh, exposed me to a whole set of doing things. In fact, we started off originally with disk profiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they called them disk profiles. Yes. And the disk profiles created by William Marston were, were very valuable. So I started many years ago and I started working with those things and I started to realize how if I could just tune into people quickly, much quicker than I would normally do than using trial and error and my intuition, mm-hmm. but getting a profile done in about seven or eight minutes, it could make a huge difference to my relationship with these people and the way that I communicated with them. I started to communicate differently with them because I saw them in a completely different light. 
And that has become the cornerstone of all the coaching and catalyst work that I do with people today. And I still, you know, guess every now and again what I think somebody is like. And very often I find I prove myself wrong because I don't have a complete picture. And it's become more and more sophisticated for me and I use it extensively now. So I don't want to go too deeply into the profile area just to say that it exists. It makes a huge difference to the way that I operate and it makes a huge difference to the way that I communicate with people. And if we're talking about a quantum leap, ah, this is a really gigantic injection of of intuition and uh, excitement and intelligence that makes a huge difference to the way that I communicate and makes a difference to the way they relate to me and I relate to them. That's it. That's it. And so as the quantum leap catalyst, this is extremely valuable as you have suggested, but also it seems that there's an application for this in business leadership uh, aside from being a catalyst or a coach. Of course, these ideas are integrated. Is there a way that leaders or CEOs or um, managers can use the profile to form a more effective team? Certainly there must be. Exactly. And that's the point. It's not just exclusively for me as the catalyst, but in fact, every single manager in an organization could become a catalyst. And that's what I'm doing. People will call me there. If they're hiring people now, they want to know that they're hiring the right kind of people for the job, not just working on the hunches of various uh, managers who may or may not have uh, a balanced viewpoint as to how to select talent and how to position them in the right places. Mm-hmm. That's the idea behind it. So it's a, it's an all-encompassing kind of tool. And it's not just one, by the way. I've, over the years, I've experienced other kinds of profiles as well that gave me other insights, uh, personal development type processes. And uh, of, obviously, the, the DISC profile is probably the most user-friendly one out there. And there are many different versions of it as well. So it depends on the company that provides the service and, uh, and certifies people for doing this. And that makes a huge difference as well to the process and the backup that they give, that they provide. I know and I sensed that after we had completed uh, my profile, of course, I'm working with Terry, the audience. uh, Those of you that have joined us on other podcasts know this in parallel to this podcast series. I sensed in my own way that well, we talked about the report and what it said. So not only did it help you uh, with your ability to communicate with me as a coach, but it also helped me understand how to communicate with others as your client and what the effect of my communication style might have to other types uh, that were unlike me. That was all extremely enlightening. And, uh, you know, some of it you sort of know about yourself, but when you see it there in a report defined and somewhat quantified, or qualified, uh, it changes your behavior, which is a beautiful thing. Exactly that. You know, I often liken it to the fact that when I was in the Netherlands, I often wondered how come Dutch people were so good at languages. And, uh, why? you know, they told me, they said, we're a very small country. All our business is outside of the borders of our country. The only way that we can really do business with, with all these different foreign organizations is by being able to talk their language, literally talk their language. Yeah. So they learn to speak English and they learn to speak French and they learn to speak German. And they 
modified the way they communicated by learning the languages of other people. Now, in a way, this is learning the language of communicating or how to connect with people. And so what does it measure? All these things that I've been working on are a measurement of thinking styles or a, an insight into the different thinking styles. For instance, if we're working with people that are in computers or in accounting or in engineering or in science-type organizations, those people's thinking are very different to the sales and marketing kind of people that, uh, that are in businesses. And so if salespeople are out there talking sales language to people in those other professions, they're not going to get to first base. They need to modify their language in order to talk the language of the people in those specific uh, disciplined areas like accounting, engineering, and so on that I mentioned a moment ago. Yes. On, on the other hand, if people are very – I mean, I did a lot of work with KPMG in the Netherlands when they first formed – KMG with Pete Marwick and they combined the two groups together and they wanted to make sure that they had an international organization. I mean, that became very, very important for me because I was working with lots of auditors. I was working with EDP auditors, electronic data processing auditors, with tax people, with promoters. And I was working with the partners on the one hand and with high potential people just coming out of university on the other hand. And I started to realize very quickly that the high potentials who had who thought that they would have a long-term future, unless they had the broad thinking of partners, were never ever going to get to the to the point where they would become really good partners. Because they had to be business oriented, not just simply being outstanding technicians in the in the field of auditing. The people that become partners are business people who know how to generate and initiate business. Yes. So if people are not interested in that, uh, then that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. They would spend their lives doing the things that they were really good at. But the partners were always interested in finding people who eventually could come onto the boards or be on the management level. And so the profiles were extremely helpful in being able to help people to understand what thinking was necessary for them to be able to do that. It doesn't eliminate people, but it makes them aware themselves as to what they really want. So um, yeah. it's an incredibly useful tool, management tool for today, and absolutely vital for any quantum leap thinking. Brilliant. Brilliant. Terry, thanks so much. This is great, great stuff. I want to remind our listeners to uh, communicate with Terry directly. Go to QLCAT, QLCATCAT.com. He's in Quantum Leap, and uh, you can engage directly with Terry. He's got a, a wonderful blog and podcast and a uh, archive of older radio shows, which are all rich in content. Most of what we talk about here and, and what he did previously on his radio show is quite evergreen. This applies to just about any facet of business or human interaction. Uh, certainly the profiles are a part of that. Terry, thanks again. We'll see you next week. I look forward to it, David. Thank you very much. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. 
CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.